0: Great. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for being here. Uh, My name is Amy Toner. I'm currently a first-year master's student um, at New England Conservatory, and I am one of the NOVA Fellows. So I'm just going to be here to to speak with you all about this. Um, This is basically a podcast um, series that we've started last fall, and this is probably our fourth I would say yes, fourth podcast, um, and one of which is um, the podcast that we had last week with you all. um, So I'm just so thrilled for us to come together in this space and speak about SAGE. Um, So thank you so much, Sammy, Priya, and Grace, for being here today. Before we get into discussing last week's conversation, as well as providing a general overview of SAGE, it would be great to have some introductions, if that's all right with you all. Um, If you could include your graduation year, your major, your pronouns and your affiliation with SAGE, that would be great. And if time allows for those we haven't heard from yet, I'd also love to hear about where you're calling in from and what projects you might be working on. So let's um, let's start with Sammy, if that's all right, um, and then we'll just go around the virtual room.
1: <laughs> cool, so I'm Sammy, I use she, her pronouns and I'm a co-president of SAGE and I'm graduating this semester um, with, and my major is flute performance in the classical department. I think that was all the questions.
2: (laughs) Okay, I'll go. Um, My name is Priya. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I graduated from the master's program last year, 2020, in uh, jazz voice.
3: My name is Grace. I use she, her pronouns. And I'm a senior undergrad at NEC, so I'm graduating in like a month. And I'm in the CI department. I play bass and guitar, and I feel like I forgot something. Oh, I was a co-president my sophomore and junior year, so the past two years, and now, yeah, I'm just trying to graduate.
2: (laughs) Sorry, I forgot to add. Yeah, I was co-president three years ago, I think,
0: so yeah. Oh, it's great to have this legacy of co-presidents. And congratulations to two of our graduating um, members here. That's just so exciting. Um, so Sammy is one of the Sage's current co-presidents, and she was previous. Um, she was present at our previous meeting last week. Um, would you feel comfortable giving a general overview of Sage as an organization and also providing some of the general themes that we talked about last week?
1: Yeah, so like I said before, Sage is a club at NEC. That stands for Students Advocating for Gender Equity, where we prioritize making space for students to talk about gender and all of its intersections from reflecting on personal experiences to global issues and pop culture analysis and things like that. Um, We also prioritize in our weekly meetings and events, just making the connection between social justice and music because I don't think there's something that can really be or should be separated. and SAGE is known for our weekly meetings, monthly SAGE concerts that highlight women and non-binary artists, and events that challenge people to think about their own experiences with gender, race, ethnicity, ability, and identity in relation to music and society more generally. And last week, we talked about our past events in more detail, and we had a great conversation about some of the history of SAGE, and we started talking about how NEC can do better in a lot of different ways, So, especially with their clubs and their students, so I think I'm excited for today's conversation.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I am too. Um, so yeah, just to start this off in line with um, last week's discussion, it would be great to further touch upon um, the relationship between NEC and its student groups from um, your all perspectives. So what are your thoughts on NEC's expectations of clubs and the club institution relationship that's present at the New England Conservatory?
2: Um, I I very much appreciate NEC's um, openness to, to new clubs and ideas. Cause I remember, um, Melissa Weikart started the club at NEC and it was previously something she was part of at Tufts. Um, and, um, that was the same year I was co-president. Um, and it was, it wasn't a difficult thing to get NEC to approve of the club or it kind of immediately happened. Um, which was great, but at the same time, um, some of the cons <laughs> of, of clubs at NEC is they feel a bit disconnected, I think to the school and they're not really integrated, um, into the school, um, or represented much at events or, um, or whatnot. And, and I feel like a lot of it has to do with the fact that, um, uh, Often clubs like meet after school, like it's kind of like an afterthought meet after classes and ensembles are over. Um, so, so it can, I think in terms of scheduling, it's kind of not really part of the school <laughs> um, in some ways that can change for sure. But yeah.
3: Yeah. To, to tag on to a lot of what Priya just said, I mean, part of what makes clubs, I think, kind of special is that in a way, like they are their own little space inside NEC. Um, And that is, I think, actually really important to clubs in a way that like you can seek out these little pockets within the school where you have people that are like minded or people that are talking about things that like you want to be talking about, that you want to learn about, that you want to relate to other people about. But in that same vein, I think that, yeah, the clubs aren't incredibly supported by NEC, but they are still expected to do a lot for NEC in certain ways. Um, I was involved both in SAGE, but also I was an RA and kind of like fell into this group of students. (laughs) I know, I literally forget that I was an RA. Um, I fell into this group of students that kind of, it was, it was representatives of a lot of different clubs and also res life people that decided to really try and push the administration to have, um, an office of diversity, equity, and inclusion, which NEC, I think has this year. Um, it's, I don't know, the, the messaging has been, maybe I'm just not keeping up so well, but, um, Yeah, we were just kind of like, this is crazy that this school doesn't have this, like, let's push for this. And um, I feel like in a way, a lot of the response was just like, well, that's why we have clubs (laughs) like, you know, and I don't know, just to to kind of like close up this thought I think that like it's really important that clubs are able to have their own space and NEC gives them that space but also just like expects a lot of like administrative work and like organizational work and work that really should be done by people who are like getting paid (laughs) or people who are like professionals and like I and that clubs can just kind of focus on being those spaces for students by students yeah.
2: Yeah, the club is responsible for something, a whole department
3: or like a whole, I don't know,
2: it should be a much bigger um, group of people that have this as a full time job. Right. Um, And then in that, if that were to happen, then the way it's set up now would work, I think.
3: Yeah. And like Sage should be able to both like hold workshops where like speakers from Bark come in and talk about um, resources for sexual assault, but also like SAGE should not be responsible for like holding the Title IX office accountable for students. Like, I think that there's there's this like very clear line in which clubs should be able to be their own, their own kind of like autonomous beings who will also have support. And in my honest opinion, NEC like, has not totally defined that line yet. I think they still definitely have time to do that.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I have a lot of thoughts about this and I feel like I'm just going to repeat what you guys are saying, but I just, I feel like somehow NEC has no expectations of clubs, which makes them seem like non-existent or like really underappreciated. Like if Sage ended tomorrow, I don't think we would hear from admin or like anyone outside of the student body for like a while. But at the same time, there is an expectation, like you were saying, because the clubs are providing essentially these important spaces for like conversations and learning that aren't happening anywhere else. Um, or they're providing the only space or people that, pe- that like someone might feel that they can turn to when NEC hasn't provided them like options or resources, which that was kind of vague, but like I'm referring to situations around like sexual violence or mental health or having like a racist or sexist professor or an encounter with a student. And it's like, Clubs, especially ASA and BSU, Quest, SAGE are like, which are all clubs centered around identity. These clubs kind of become one of the only resources to students when they've experienced like literal trauma because of the identities that they encompass. Um, And like, I'm really grateful to be a SAGE leader in that, like I can be a resource to someone or help them find those resources. But I do think it's a big problem when clubs are an institution's like sole meaningful source of collective care and prevention trainings and culture shift work and like just general accountability like Grace was saying um and like that's an issue in itself that clubs are providing students what students are like asking for and what they need but they're not getting from NEC but also which is already a lot of emotional labor but it's especially even more hard when these clubs aren't equipped with the resources or like the power to do these things in the first
3: place
0: yeah and, so- and I- Oh
3: sorry, keep going, Grace. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean I was just gonna say like I don't I don't know that NEC has ever like that they've ever viewed it as like, oh, it's the club's job. And like I think a lot of it too, just like being and caring about these being in and caring about these clubs, like you kind of take on that responsibility of saying like, oh, there are these gaping holes where there should be support for students, like now I must be that. But that's a lot to take on as a full time student who like I feel like club members or club leaders are also like always involved in a lot of other corners of NEC too and like that was I think you had a question about this but that like definitely led to my burnout with clubs and with NEC in general and that I really feel like my senior year I was like you know what like I'm gonna take a step back and try and just remember like what it's like to go to music school and still like engage with these things in the way that I can but like I cannot be going to like SLC meetings every week and like planning concerts and like trying to do panel discussions again like I and I, I was like also just frustrated with NEC's like response to a lot of things um, but it's it's just a lot to take on as a student and as a person.
2: Yeah it's a it's enough like trying to graduate and going to all your classes and like playing with people and then having a huge responsibility to like fill that hole and and I mean I felt the more stuff I was involved in the more I I felt burned out like
3: yeah and like kudos to Sammy and John B for just taking this and like moving forward with it and like keeping it alive and kudos to like everybody who's like gone down the line and to the people that will still hopefully be running Sage in like five or six years yeah, that's also important.
0: I guess a quick follow-up question then. I know we were talking about NEC not providing support to SAGE. Um, obviously, employing people and creating offices to help with this would be the number one <laughs> the number one to do. But um, would any of you have any sort of advice for increased support that NEC could provide, whether it be through funding or space? I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, as members of the of your board,
3: how you feel about that? I mean, step one is just to get like a really adequate DEI office running and to have somebody who is like experienced and like patient towards students being in charge of clubs. Um in all honesty, I think like a lot of the the people in the past who were given the responsibility of being like the the dean of so-and-so who also like is who you reach out to with clubs like that was still just something that was tacked on to their job as administrators. And like, I think myself and other club leaders, like the leaders of Sage and also BSU, like we're finding constantly that we we were being held to the expectations of somebody who was like, this was their full-time job. Um, When it's like, it's even if it's just, like, something as small as, like, providing the receipts for the pizza that we got for the club meeting, like, it was still, we'd be forced or met with, like, a lot of just, like, aggression and, like, why can't you, you have to be organized, like, if you want to exist in this institution. And it's, like, just having somebody who, somebody or, like, a a mindset in general towards clubs, knowing that, like, it's just students, like, wanting to give NEC more and like give NEC, make it a better place in general. Um, It's not like people that are trying to like take over NEC or like shoot NEC down, like club members, club leaders are just here to contribute to the school and to like make it more well-rounded and to create space for students. And just like having an um, administration that has like total respect for that and like patience is I think like just number one but also just like a working DEI office like period.
1: Yeah I, I agree I think we need a DEI office like we need somewhere to go that aren't just students that can tell us like our options and give us resources like one of the things we asked for was literally just to put the BARK info on the NEC website and it's still not up there like that's so easy um or just to give like sexual violence trainings so that we don't have to like add that to our plate to give to the entire school. Um, I feel like we've asked for so many things that were just little that NEC could have done, but like an example was I was like in a, this is kind of a tangent, but I was in this one meeting that was with admin and some students and we were just talking about incorporating Latinx representation in the curriculum, which is like sounds promising, but also like Latinx is a huge complicated identifier. Um, And I remember I was like hesitant to go to the meeting because I was scared I was going to be the only like Latinx person there. Because I guess that's something I would expect from NEC or like classical music spaces in general. But I wasn't the only one, I was one of four. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure by the end of the meeting, we had like all shared really some personal experiences and our frustrations of like being Latinx at NEC and our experiences. And we all gave examples of like simple things that NEC could do or provide us with. Um, But the result of that meeting was the four of us asked to like start a Latinx club. Like that was the answer. So I think just like making sure that they're not looking to the clubs as the answers all the time, like we're saying too. Um, Yeah, the list could go on. I feel like there's so many things that could be done. And like some of it comes down to money, but other things are very simple that can be incorporated like right now.
2: Right. I, I agree. And then I also feel like there's the other way where NEC kind of doesn't really also listen to the work that the clubs are doing or it doesn't want to kind of work with the clubs in a way. Like I know you're you're you had something about the code of conduct in there, um, but it I mean, it's simple things like I remember we were just pasting it all over the school, but like NEC never wanted to kind of help us like integrate it into uh, like their values or whatnot. So, and those are simple things to kind of like, I I just wish they were willing a little bit more to work with what people like, like our ideas and, and what we feel could better the school and make people feel more like included and stuff. So
3: yeah. To respond to both what Priya and Sammy just said, um, my junior year, we kind of, Jolie and I, when we were co presidents, got like this urge again to like just get any state to adopt the code of conduct already. Like there had been so many kind of like vague conversations as well as like really um, like overt conversations, whereas like students were just posting it on the school saying like adopt this. Um, but Jolly and I actually like met with admin a few times. And the first one was like just with Tom Novak and a few others. And it was right before President Kalen was there. And so we like pitched this. We like made a whole PowerPoint and everything. And um, they were basically like, oh, this is interesting. Let's just wait till we get the new president before we really start talking about this. And we were like, okay, we'll like wait a few months and then wait until Andrea Kalen's here. And then we basically did the whole thing again, like pitched it like Shark Tank style almost like it felt really um, like we were like trying to sell something in a way. Um, And their response was, yeah, this is cool, but like we're hesitant to sign our name onto something. So like public like that, it it was a really weird response and basically ended up with, well, why don't why don't, why doesn't NEC have their own code of conduct? And why don't you guys write it? (laughs) And so it was just like, yeah, another example of NEC being like, yeah, we're cool with this. Like, you just need to do absolutely all of the work so that like, we can sign our name on the bottom line and say that like, we stand for everything. And like, this is NEC's code of conduct. Um, And I think like NEC's done that a lot where they just kind of identify the things that will like either look good or like be really good, but then it's just kind of pin that work on the backs of students.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for sharing all that. Um I'd love to hear a little bit more about the code of conduct since we we kind of opened that can of worms. Um Priya, as like the key one of the key members involved, um, I would love to hear at least about the the start where the started from, what your all thoughts were about it and how it got to the unusual and frustrating place it might be now.
2: Yeah, um, it was, I think, the fall of the year that I was um, co-president of SAGE, and I went to um, one of the We Have Voice meetings at Harvard, Um, and that kind of really uh, was eye-opening to like, I don't know, see that they kind of created this like code of conduct on really concise one page just perfect you know for for institutions and people to adopt um so i remember i was there with melissa who was also running sage and and uh i mean we were immediately like this i mean it was just obvious like let's have (laughs) any seat try to adopt this um and our fur it's funny our like first instinct wasn't even to talk to the administration it was just to like pace them all over the school <laughs> so that's kind of because I think it was already like I had been at NEC for a while and I was like I'm not sure if we're gonna get anything out. <laughs> just like talking to anyone let's just like take matter into our own hands and um, spread it around school um, so I wasn't part of it was Grace and Jolie that were part of um, the time period when they pitched it to administration so I can't say so much about it other than it it was like inspiring time you know like um to have all that happen at once uh but yeah maybe Grace can kind of talk more about the (laughs) how the administration dealt with that and and what they were saying and why they didn't want to adopt it. Like, were there specific reasons or they kind of just didn't want to publicly put their name on something.
3: Yeah. Also, would you maybe want to like give them some background on what the We Have Voice Collective is?
2: Yeah, it's it's a collective of about um, 12-ish women and non-binary people. Um, they're all in, like, the jazz and improvised um, music um, scene. They're all, like, quite strong names, like, well-known. And they kind of just formed this collective and um, made, just made basically a conduct, um, a safer space conduct for for um, institutions and organizations to adopt. Um, and you can find it uh the conduct on I think it's just wehaveboys.com or something um so if if you guys haven't i I mean I'm sure all of you guys have seen it but for the people that are listening to the podcast
3: <laughs> and the conduct too it's the code of conduct like what's what's great about it is that it is so concise and it is so well organized and so like to the point that it could be like hung in a practice room and like you could have a minute and like go over it and get exactly what you need out of it. But also like it's just it's like the bare minimum to be honest and like the way that you should treat other humans when you're interacting with them. um, And so it was like so surprising to go to admin and be like here's this really practical list of like ways that we can make like marginalized bodies feel much safer at NEC or just like ways that we can like educate people on how to interact with people who don't look like them or people who they cannot relate to like it's just in a in a way it it really just is common sense
2: that's Um, why I'm curious how like their reasoning for not adopting it because I don't see any (laughs) I can't think of any reason why yeah
3: (laughs) I, I can't either. We were just so confused. Like it was such a lukewarm response of like, yes, everyone in the room can decide or can agree that, like, this all is good and makes sense. But like, let's just wait. Like I feel like all all the time, the response we got was let's just wait. Like let's wait until we can get Tom Novak to see this. So Tom Novak sees it. Let's wait until we get a brand new president to see this she sees it. And then everyone in the room was like, oh, like, this is cool. But like, maybe before we just like sign our name to a list, like, and I think they tried to pose it as this thing that was like, no, like, we want to be more than just like a name on this long list of institutions that endorses these values. Like, we want to have our own code of conduct. Now y'all go do it. <laughs> and we were like, um, okay. And I guess like, I don't know we were just really set on on getting it done and so we started meeting once a um once every few weeks with um nick Mackey and robin when she worked um at nec um and like was drafting and brainstorming and stuff like that and it just after a while like just like nobody was responding anymore and we just like stopped and then like two years later um NEC puts out this like statement of community values in which they like I I think we're trying to insinuate that like that was the finished product of the thing that Joey and I started and it just it had like nothing to do with any of the conversations that we had and like Sage wasn't even remotely credited it was it was really weird and it was and it's like yes of course NEC should have a statement of community values like there should be all of these things but to like take these um just like this code of conduct literally directed towards um sexual violence in like performing arts spaces and then to turn it into NEC cares about all of their students um it it was like there there really was no no kind of like correlation or anything and in a way it kind of just like clumped up a bunch of institutional problems into one easy like okay we solved this like we solved sexual violence we solved like institutional racism we solved this and that it's like no each of these problems like really deserve a lot of like very specific attention and time and like conversations not just like how can we fix everything with like one massive band-aid so I I still can't tell you to this day why they couldn't just like sign the code of conduct and like hang it in all the practice rooms because that kind of probably would have been easier on them in the first place. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Yeah, that is is a wild story
0: um, and very frustrating. Um, So I'm guessing that Sage is no longer working on this. Um, You said it's been two years since that was first proposed?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. I think my my sophomore year. Wow. When we were working on that, and it kind of like bled into junior, or I think junior year is when they like posted this statement of community values. After we had like been kind of cut out of communication for it. I see. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry if I'm speaking from a very like jaded point of view. It's just like. It was so well, frustrating. This is a space where we want to hear <laughs> want to hear these
0: stories and we really want to talk about SAGE and everything SAGE has done for the community and in some ways how the community might not have been the most supportive space for SAGE. So this is, yeah, we're very thankful for you to share this. Um, thank you so much. Um, great. Awesome. So just. Pulling back a little bit, I I do want to talk about some of the other things SAGE does and is currently doing. Um, Over its five-year history, there have also been panels and concerts. And um, Grace, I heard that you were co-president with the first adoption of concerts into SAGE events. Um, If you don't mind maybe talking about the adoption of them, and maybe if we could hear from the other members about what might have happened to them, how they're being incorporated today, that'd be really great to hear.
3: Yeah, so... um... I think the the concerts were definitely a conversation that started before Jolie and I were co-presidents. Um, and I think they actually kind of started when I think Priya's like generation did the first panel discussion and there were interspersed performances throughout the panel. And then what Jolie and I kind of wanted to do is like focus on those little mini performances and like turn that into an event in and of itself and just create this little like almost like house concert setting in one of the practice rooms of NEC so just for people to have like a 15 to 20 minute performance like the bar is super low it's really just like a sharing space for people to share what they're working on what they just finished like or if they have a gig next week like it's really just a place to like test out anything um and just have it also be a really incredibly supportive space because you don't always get that like there's so much space for for getting feedback and like putting yourself on the spot at NEC but like not a lot of space for knowing that like whatever you do is going to be received with like absolute consideration for the time that you've put into it for like this the space that you're constantly in so it, it was just really to give people a performance opportunity that like wasn't graded, wasn't going to be live streamed by NEC, wasn't going to like eventually be on Jordan Hall just to like have a space for sharing and for like validation. And um, yeah, so we, we started with, um, I think it started super vague and we were just like, let's get three performers, like let's just do this, like put something on. And then we started doing three performers, one from each department. Um and that kind of stuck the most just so that there was like both variety and show and also like it gives I think particularly for classical musicians to have that space um I I feel like I I get it a lot in CI um to be able to be given like 20 minutes to do whatever I want I think certain people in jazz get that too but like I think for a lot of like classical musicians, that was kind of liberating to be like, oh, here's 20 minutes to do whatever you want. Like it can be the piece that you're working on, or it can be like you turning your cello sideways and singing songs that you've written. Shout out Ime. Um so yeah. That's how they started.
1: Yeah, I agree. As a classical performer, it was very liberating. I think that was Sage concerts were some of my first interactions with Sage too, and that was like it was just such a good space. Go one the basement. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think a lot of classical performers too, like the last three concerts that we've had, because we've been having them virtually now, um, they haven't even, they haven't played classical music. Like they've done other stuff that's totally different. And it's just really cool that people can try new things in that space and like feel comfortable with that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I... When I was president we didn't actually have concerts unfortunately but I mean I think some of the favorite my favorite concerts just aside from Sage have always been like in spaces where a lot of like women or non non-binary people are represented and like it automatically feels like a really comfortable like safe environment so I mean Yeah, we got to keep this going because it's important to have these spaces, like especially like in, I mean, actually, NEC is all, I mean, maybe classical is a little um, less just like dudes everywhere. But in in jazz, it was like, (laughs) I don't know, like it it was so rare to be in a room with like people that were not just like dudes. (laughs) So... So it's a good space to have for sure.
1: I think it was also cool to like have see like someone from each um like what's it called <laughs> degree performance sector like CI, jazz and classical because sometimes I feel like sometimes we just don't interact with everyone and
0: it was like a good place to get to know people.
2: Yeah. That
0: sounds great. Um, would anyone like to elaborate on maybe some of the other events that Sage puts on like the panels?
3: Um yeah. Other things that, other great events that Sage has sponsored over the years. Honestly, uh, we put on a, a panel last, last fall. Um, and, and honestly, like we just kind of looked back at that first panel that Sage put on. And I think it lined up with, um, oh my God. What is her name? I'm totally blanking right now. The residency. Um Montana Roberts? Yeah, Montana Roberts. Thank you. Right? Did it line up with her residency?
2: I think probably,
3: yeah. Were you in charge of putting that together? Was that like. I don't remember. Mm, No. Okay.
2: Uh, Of putting together the Montana Roberts residency?
3: Yeah, because I think Sage sponsored it or something. Okay, well. Oh, really?
2: I had no idea that Sage was involved in the Montana Roberts.
3: Maybe I'm totally just like <laughs> lying. I'm so sorry. I'm thinking no, I mean, of you might be right.
2: you No, I
3: think actually that was different. <laughs> I'm thinking of like the one that was in the black box. Okay, wow. Uh, that wasn't
2: just a separate plant panel that um Sage put together and Tanya was involved in that Tanya
3: would call Okay, it. weird. I think I'm just like mixing up my freshman and sophomore year like panels that I attended, but um Anyways, we, like, base it a lot off of that initial panel by having, like, some performance and also just, like, trying to invite panelists from, like, a not only, like, I think there's very, like, surface level ways that you can have, like, a diverse panel, but also, like, diversity and experience. It's, like, people that are in administrative roles, people that are in performance roles. Um, people that are in educational roles so like having people from a lot of different backgrounds different genres that they work in and just having like all of those voices represented I think even like there was a non-musician on that one panel like somebody that was in finance Um, and just like having just because you know like in most situations most mediums most like career options like women or non, non, uh, non-binary folks are going to, like, not have the leg up. And so to, to be able to, like, have conversations with people just, like, in different situations, having to kind of really go the extra mile constantly in order to not even, like, succeed but or, like, thrive, but just to, like, live in their own situations, to have, like, that discussion happen in front of, a lot of people who are like in the very beginning stages of their career, I think was really important and inspiring. I just went on a full tangent. Um, But yeah, panel discussions, we had those. My year, I actually would love to know from Sammy if there's like anything on coming up in that vein.
1: Uh, Yeah, we do. We have a panel coming up. Um, We're actually collaborating with the NEC Environmental Club in Berkeley, and we're going to do a panel about, like, the intersections of gender and environmental justice. We were hoping to have it for, like, Earth Day or, like, Earth Month. So that's April, I think. Um, But it's actually, it's April 23rd. And the information is coming soon, as soon as I finish the graphics at some point.
0: That's so exciting, and yeah, actually, um, in a similar vein, Sammy, I think there's also a concert coming up soon, right at the end of the month. We'd love to hear some of that, uh, some about that, something about that as well.
1: Yeah, um, we have a stage concert on the April one. is on April thirtieth, and we don't have a time yet, but the information will be posted on Facebook and Instagram soon. Also, when I finish graphics, I am overwhelmed, (laughs) but I'm excited. I think it'll be good. we'll, We'll only have April. May concerts left for the year. So
0: look out for those. Well, I'm looking forward to the graphics. They're always beautiful. So <laughs> well worth the time they take. <laughs> um, great. Awesome. So I asked the panel last week the following question, and would just love to hear your thoughts as well on this for those who are new here. Um, where do you see SAGE going in the future? And um, do you have any hopes for the organization?
2: I think... We touched on this a bit, like, throughout today, Um, but but, I mean, of course, I hope it grows, but then also I hope that uh, more people are involved and the school is more involved in the values that SAGE um, holds, um, and that it becomes more integrated, and that (laughs) they are better listeners with what is happening. The administration and and um, other initiatives that SAGE and members are trying to kind of spread can go a little further with the help of people in power. Um, so then it becomes kind of an integral part, but then also that there's also another office that is, uh, <laughs> uh, their job is to do that full time. Uh, what would you what did you say
3: the initials of the office would be called d
2: oh d-e-i d-e-i diversity Diversity.
3: equity and inclusion yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so yeah i mean same i hope that like and i hope this for all clubs sage included that like the weight of um you know making the experience of all students equitable is kind of lifted and that like the institution really takes like more of a hands on role or more of a a role that where they're able to listen without kind of imposing all of the work um i yeah i, I think like in a way sage started in a very deep DIY spirit I think it was a lot of people like seeing things outside of the institutions that are like really beautiful and really like invite people of all backgrounds to express their identities and bring their identities into the spaces that they're in I think um and I I hope that Sage will kind of hold on to that initial and it has so far I haven't seen it like stray from that but I hope that for for as long as Sage exists, it holds on to that initial um, idea of just like inviting people to bring their identity, which they don't always find the space for in institutions. And I have I have no doubt that that'll ever be something that doesn't happen. Um, yeah, I just hope that Sage like has the support and like the ears and the. Um, the attention from the institution to really just kind of do what they want to do without having to jump through, through so many ho- hoops.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, just one last question. This is a little more personal, so absolutely do not um, answer if you don't feel comfortable. But um, how has Sage affected your understanding of and relationship with identity and music and the conservatory environment? Big question. Yeah, I know it's <laughs> a very big question. I just threw in something that could have been another three hours. <laughs> Um, and absolutely. If, 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 it's too much to think about, um, uh, maybe even if it's just like a couple words, that'd be great. Um, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I think in, in the beginning, I always felt a bit, uh, alienated in the jazz department as a woman, especially like in the beginning of my undergrad, cause I did undergrad and master's there. Um, but I didn't think much of like, of it and kind of felt like these feelings weren't shared with anyone. I was kind of, I would have to live and sit with it um, as long as I was kind of in this field. Um, And then when Sage started and I was more involved in that stuff, started meeting people that had similar experiences. um, It felt like super empowering to talk about these things and, um, I realized that my experience were not like uniquely mine. But, like many other have had, others have had this, um, have felt isolated because of their gender. Um, and and just the fact that like kind of it formed this community, this like safe space to discuss these things and um, discuss how we're feeling and our emotions and stuff like immediately felt like a weight lifted off my shoulder. Um, so, um in that way Sage definitely like uh I don't know made a big difference in my life and my understanding and and the way that I I don't know I don't know the way that I tackle being a woman in music or yeah.
3: Yeah, I I think Sage for me was really eye opening my freshman year. Just because, honestly, like, up until I, – I think for a lot of people, like, the first time – or maybe this isn't true, but I feel like coming to conservatory might be the first time that a lot of people are able to really be like, whoa, I feel out of place here. Um, just depending on, like, where they come from. For others, it might be the opposite. For me, it was – um getting being into music was like a very isolating experience growing up actually um and so just because like being in Texas and going to like this like all football loving public Texas high school I was like music was very on, very much like my own very personal experience and I I kind of was just like if it meant that I would get to like play with other people I would just like do it I was like I don't care I don't care if this a bunch of bros like I'm just gonna play music and whatever and I got so by the time I was like a senior in high school I had just honestly had so many really upsetting frustrating musical experiences that it made me just like not really ever want to like seek out playing music with people again um like especially in I was like a I was doing, like, classical bass, so you got, like, the bass pros, and then I was doing, like, jazz guitar, and so, like, both of those sides were just, like, so, I I felt so out of place all the time, and then I came to NEC, and I went to a stage meeting, and I was like, oh, my God, like, people actually care about making women feel comfortable, making, like, non-men feel comfortable, like, it was, it was so it was so impacting to me. And I was immediately like, well, I want like everything to do at this club. Like I want to come to as many meetings. I want to like, just be friends with everyone in this room. That's such a tangent. I'm almost even forgetting what the question was, but um, it just like moving forward with it. I think, like, I just want to, if I'm ever going to be in spaces that are like institutionalized spaces or like spaces where I, as like a white woman, feel uncomfortable. Like I want to put as much effort as I can into just like making sure that their space is like sage in those spaces, um, because it was so important for me. And it's just like it. Everybody deserves to enter a space and like have their mind blown by like how welcome they feel, and how like happy they feel to just like be in a space like that.
2: Yeah,
1: um, I'm gonna answer the question. I'm (laughs) coffee crashing right now. Um, (laughs) I feel like there were a lot of different factors that affected my relationship with like conservatory and classical music. And like Sage was definitely one of them, but so was my like liberal arts courses and my minor with Jill Gatlin, that definitely impacted that and going to Sphinx and like doing working in reproductive justice, which I do now in like the nonprofit industrial complex, I guess. but I feel like all these things have helped me understand my experiences differently by contextualizing them, like through academia, which I want to emphasize is like not necessary, or like academia isn't everything. But for me, it was like therapeutic to be able to like define my experiences with specificity. Um, but also, I think all of the things I listed kind of contribute to me investing my time in things outside of music. Um, and sage was definitely one of those things. And like I feel like there's definitely a stigma. Maybe now I'm going on a tangent. but I feel like there's definitely a stigma in music, or at least in my experience with classical music and conservatory that you're like not allowed to do anything else or like stray from the path once you choose music, like the saying, like if you can see yourself doing anything else, then like you have to do that. Like you can't do music because you're like not dedicated enough or something. um which is super problematic. and I feel like it's not really critiqued enough. but, I'm grateful that I've had SAGE and like other related opportunities to be able, basically to be able to unpack everything that I've learned about classical music and the culture surrounding it since I was like six years old. Um, I don't know if I answered the question, but yeah, I feel like SAGE was basically one of the first places that I felt like I didn't have to separate my identity from music, especially being classical music where like the whole repertoire is like dead white men. (laughs) So,
0: yeah. Thank you all so much for sharing. I, I loved hearing that and it's it's so huge. Um, it was just great to hear all of your perspectives and your stories um, and just what SAGE means to you. This is just, it's such, a, it's such an honor to be able to talk to you all about SAGE and what it means to you and what it's done for the community. Um, so that's all I had. It would be great if um, any of you wanted to add in any closing remarks, this is the time to do so. Um, Any questions or comments? Thanks for listening.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thank you all so much for being here. This is just such a fantastic opportunity to speak to everyone and kind of have this archival space of of SAGE and discussions around SAGE. So thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Also thank you Priya and Grace for
0: like
2: being here and being a part of it. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for asking us.
3: Yeah. <laughs>